Hello, everybody. Welcome to Footy Rambles with myself, Jonathan Keefe, also known as Just Johnny or Johnny, with also joining me today, Cal, and as always, Callum Castelnuovo, the superstar sports journalist. If you want to read any of his material, go to Twitter, where he shares it regularly. Wow, sponsored by Callum Castelnuovo, this episode. Fantastic, thank you very that. much. <laughs> no worries. Well, I must start with, this is not a background, uh, which, you know, behind me, I'm actually in a Premier Inn in Solihull, um, with work, obviously. I don't just come down to them and see what they're like. They, uh, they have got comfy beds, I must say. If I was to rank my top hotels, and I've stayed in quite a few in the last five years with work and what have you, Premier Inn beds are the best by a mile. They're just so comfy, so comfy. Closely followed, however, by the village. I did stay in one about two weeks ago, and the village beds were a bit more firm, but it was still quite nice. The worst is Travel Lodge by a mile. And oh. don't get a hairdryer in Travel Lodge. Like sleeping on a brick. <laughs> Do you know what the bit that most annoyed me about? Because I can I can sleep anywhere, famously can sleep anywhere. But if you don't have a hairdryer, that just annoys me. Really frustrates me. But anyway, first world problems, you could say. So Going straight into the podcast, let us talk about a few different things this evening. We're going to talk, one, debuts on the return of the Premier League from international break. We have had a wonderful, we've been blessed with football this weekend, with wonderful football, with, you know, the debuts of some some players. There's some, you might have heard of some, you won't have heard of others. Um, uh, obviously, we want to talk about the red cards in the room. There have been some absolute howlers, but then some that were... Um, a bit unfortunate, it's fair to say. And then we're going to finish it off with, unless we digress, we're going to finish it off with Lukaku versus Ronaldo. One interesting question, but again, we'll get into that. So, Callum, let's talk debuts. Who was your favourite debut? Now, you didn't know I was going to ask you that. And it's one that I've just thought of. So go for it. Oh, wow. <clears throat> On a scale of Salniguez to Edward. Um, I would, I would have to say, <laughs> I would have like to it. say, Edward. Actually, I mean, well, Cristiano Ronaldo's was for for the viewers, um, just unbelievable. I think most of the country found the illegal stream to watch it, and everything you wanted to happen did happen. <laughs> um, the goals weren't um, so special. I'm sure we'll get into that, but Edward was um, that was that was special um, for sure because. It was all kind of up in the air, his transfer from Celtic throughout the summer. Um, and he came on. I know Spurs were down to 10 men already, but that's just one way to welcome yourself with five minutes to go. Just uh, just a great brace. Um, he came on. And they, the thing is, Palace aren't known for sort of burying other teams either, let alone one of the big six. And it was a it was a rivalry. And uh, I mean, they, they outplayed Spurs until they had a man sent off and then they just buried him thanks to Edouard. And I think um, I saw before the game, the lineup for Spurs was just, was, was quite scary with the injuries they've got and the COVID restrictions with the Argentine, um, Argentina players. Um, it was quite unfortunate. As soon as I saw Deli Ali was kind of playing that left-hand sided role and the midfield of Winks um, and, and others around. I, I knew they were in trouble, especially with uh, Palace have actually got a really good squad with some good lo- lo- uh, loan signings. And then Edouard just capped off a great debut. Um, it was interesting to see Sal Niguez. Um He was absolutely terrible throughout his 45 minutes of football. So Sal Niguez for Chelsea, of course. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he was not good. He couldn't keep up with the pace of the game. He kept losing the ball, misplacing passes, um, and then he went off. I want to say that he went off for Jorginho. I think Kovacic was already on the pitch, um, but Kovacic scored shortly after um, San Miguel went off anyway. So it wasn't, yeah, yeah. it was Jorginho who came on uh, at half time, and then three minutes later, Kovacic scored, and that kind of, the team kind of, Played more freely. I feel like Aston Villa were kind of taking over the game in the first half, even though Chelsea scored. Um, and then, yeah, the um, Juan Juan Lee Chan, I want to say, um, scored for Wolves. Um, so that was also was also just great to have them have a player come on and score. Um, and they hadn't scored a goal yet this season. One two nil, and he got his goal. But yeah, the focus was on Ronaldo, and he he played. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not joking. I think if Man United or Sky had decided to put that game on box office, they could have sold a few hundred thousand, you know, games of it. You know, I mean, they do it on now TV anyway. If, you know, you buy it for whatever you do a ten. I think it is a game, isn't it? But I think they could have absolutely stuck it on box office, and it would have been, you know, it, it, they'd almost been built. They'd built it up to the point where it was, it was almost like an AJ versus Fury kind of feel to it, where everyone's looking forward to it. Fair enough, that didn't happen anyway, but. Ronaldo coming onto the pitch, apparently he scored in training when they were training at Old Trafford on the pitch in front of the crowd. And the, the stadium erupted like he'd scored the winner, you know, it's a final. And it was so, for United fans, there is a huge feel-good feeling at the moment, which as a Leeds United supporter, and we're not going to really talk about the game too much, but the feel-good factor for United is absolutely there. Um I think a few people will be saying that the weak link in that team at the moment will actually arguably be the manager and whether or not he's actually up to winning that team a trophy tactically. But you'd say that with so many superstars on the pitch now, Ronaldo being the biggest, they've got, you know, the tactics are on the pitch. They've got people like you, Maguire's, you've got Fernandes and Pogba in the middle of the park and then you've got, you know, Ronaldo up top and the, you know, the th- the four of them, excuse me, can just dictate how that game, you know, goes in the end, to be fair. Is is Solskjaer needed? Well, for substitutions, yeah. Other than that, he's there as just you know a spokesperson, you could say. Yeah, I mean, like it's it, it's kind of almost the Southgate situation. Um, why rip him away after he's kind of built a structure and been there for years, and the team is actually only improving? But yeah, could it could it be better under a, under a great manager? Is it worth is it worth kind of uh, breaking something? Um, that doesn't need fixing. So I think, yeah, you could argue uh, also the midfield is a weak point. I, th- I mean, to be fair, I didn't think Man United played extremely well. Um, and I, I think it just shone through in the end. I mean, Ronaldo's movement, he wasn't he wasn't amazing and his, his um, goals weren't amazing, but his movement was was just causing just all sorts. Like he, he left Sancho oh, free on the left. Yeah. Yeah, he left Sancho free on the left at one point because he was running across the goal and he knew exactly what he was doing. He had defenders chasing him and Sancho was left wide open. What that does for the other players is is just incredible. Like, you're going to leave... Defenders are thinking it's worth leaving Sancho on his own just to chase Cristiano Ronaldo. And also, what he does for players like Sancho and Varane is he kind of takes the spotlight off of their, their beginnings of the career because, I mean, Sancho hasn't 
done anything yet, um, but no one's talking about it because we're talking about Ronaldo. Um, Maguire, when he got bought for so much money, it's probably up until this day now, or even just his England appearances that have made people go, actually, he's a good defender. But a lot of people used to kind of just say he was, he was terrible because of his price tag. Um, Ronaldo takes that away from Varane and Sancho, and they don't have to worry about their performances at the moment. So he's he's a positive in so many different ways, um, and he got his goals, and it was it was amazing to watch because I I love him, and I think he's the best player to ever live, and it was just great seeing him back in that shirt in that stadium. I felt like a kid again, um, and I'm sure a lot of people did. And like you say, they could have sold like the Sky could have took such advantage of that, and. <clears throat> um, that's another podcast for another day, the 3pm blackout. But yeah, I think it was uh, illegally streamed very much by myself on five different streams at one point because they kept disconnecting. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no comment. So anyway, let's talk about, um, uh, I mean, yeah, let's talk about in terms of Edouard. We, we've, we, we've covered him very briefly, but I think there was always that fear of coming from the Scottish League where, you know, you stick Rangers or Celtic into the Premier League, and quite frankly, I think they'd be a bottom bottom. You know, to, I don't think they'd be relegated because I think they are better than certain teams in the Premier League. But I think they would have to start most definitely in the Championship. Anyway, the point that I'm getting to is, would a player like Edward, especially with him being so young, I think he's only what 18, 19. He's not that old, is he? Um, no, he is. He's twenty. I think you think there's a different Edward who is quite young. There's a bunch of Edwards at the moment. He's twenty three, so he is still young. Oh, okay, is, fair enough. He's yeah, still quite still young in his craft then. But yeah, but it's a case of actually taking him from the Scottish Premier League and putting him into the Premier League. How will he keep up with it? Now, arguably, he started against a team that you're not typically going to have too many problems against. So fair play for giving him that ten ten minutes of of glory. Let's be honest about it. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's absolutely been given the opportunity to shine, and uh, you know, I think credit to Conor Gallagher who ran midfield for Crystal Palace that day. He was sensational. You know, huge shout out to him. Um, I don't know if he listens or not, but there you go, Conor. Does, but he, he does. was he does does it confirmed? And uh, but yeah, I think. Th- th- the assist at the end that he got was absolutely well-deserved, but yeah, brilliant second goal. I was saying to you just before we started, we went live on this, I genuinely thought he was going to get his legs a bit mixed up around the ball, but then he just managed to nick the ball. Lloris got the touch to it, not enough. Brilliant debut. Again, Sal, you know, Sal Miguez, he just, and I did get his name right, he um, <laughs> he just just wasn't at the pace of the Premier League, and I think it's, it's actually really good management from Tuchel to have brought him off. Um, he's gotten, you know, he's had a bit of a flavour for it, but he knows that he's going to have to work a hell of a lot harder in training to get to the pace that is the Premier League, like we've just been saying. Um, so, uh, Ronaldo, you've said everything that we need to on him. He was the superstar, the centrepiece. But you know what? Hats off to Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba. Start for you, Pogba assists since the game, since the Premier League has started this season, seven assists in four games. What a machine. He has just found his flair again. He is, you know, he's learning how to be that centrepiece to the United Jigsaw. Yep. And I'm glad you've brought him up as well, because that's another thing with Ronaldo. I've heard this morning that Pogba's looking to sign a new contract, which I never saw happening um, months ago. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
they've brought in Sancho and Varane and Ronaldo, and it's almost like that NBA kind of thing. You've you've got um, like players around the NBA. It really is that kind of I'll only move to that team if you get in good players. I'm not going to play for Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving's not going to go play for Brooklyn if Kevin Durant isn't going sort of thing, and he's staying now. Um, because where else is he going to go? He could win. He could win a title at Man United now. And I'll tell you what: seven assists in four games. Put it this way: we're ten percent through the season. I think we are ten percent through the season, and he is um, almost halfway to the most assists in one Premier League season. <laughs> where Thierry Henry and De Bruyne got twenty, and he's on seven. Three more assists. And he's halfway there, and we're ten percent way through the season. And let's be honest, he'll probably do that within the next three games, you'd like mm-hmm. to think. No, well, you're not like to think. Again, Leeds United fan over here. But you would absolutely expect that to happen. You know, the fact that I can imagine him being over... over I'm trying to think of the correct word, but you, you can imagine him being forgotten about in a lot of people's fantasy football teams because Bruno Fernandes is on the pitch. We'll come on to him in just a second because, again... <sighs> It was never going to be about him. The first game was always going to be about Ronaldo. And Bruno Fernandes has been for the last, at least last season, the absolute magician of that squad. You know, he has been the the, the talk about town, without a doubt, when it's come to uh, Manchester United fans. Because, you know, he's come in and all of a sudden they've actually got a player that could, could that could have emulated those players of great, of great previous times. He scored the best goal. Oh, did he? It was absolutely incredible. I just, my mouth just opened. I just couldn't believe what it was incredible. And he celebrated like that in front of the fans. And I, and I was happy he got the goal. And I was happy the fans were singing his name because not only has he kind of brought the club back up to where it should be going, but he's going to when Ronaldo's retired. By the time Ronaldo's contract's up, Bruno Fernandes will still only be 28. He'll probably, he'll be back on. He'll be the man again. And he's he's the man now. He's not going anywhere. He's just, they're going to have to figure out how to play together because I'm not so yes. sure it's worked so well for Portugal all this time, but um, they've got enough time to think of it. And the thing is, Bruno's not going to be, always. Oh, he's taking more free kicks. He's taking more penalties. Everyone loves Ronaldo. As soon as Ronaldo signed, Bruno posted a picture on social media of himself like it was a cartoon drawing but it was a picture of himself wearing a Ronaldo shirt watching Ronaldo play for Man United that is the age gap there's 12 years uh, <laughs> sorry 10 years between them when he was when he was like in his teens Ronaldo was doing his thing for Man United which is what Bruno yeah. Fernandes is doing now so this is his hero and he's getting to play with him for the last two years of his career it's it's going to affect his game a little bit but it's not going to affect how much he wants to play for Man United so I was having to think about this, and to be honest with you, I think he's probably gone to, you know, the man. Bruno Fernandes will have a target for goals, assists, things like that. And naturally, the penalties and the free kicks made up, well, they did make up, the penalties especially, will have made up a big chunk of those, you know, that goal target. Money talks, I can absolutely imagine the commercial director or whoever it is that organises contracts and whatever, you know, Fernandes, you know, knock on the door and it'll be a case of, well, it was going to be taking free kicks and penalties going forward. Ronaldo is obviously going to be doing that. Um, okay, well, that's going to affect my bonus. Okay, well, we'll give you an extra million quid. Okay, yeah. fine. Happy days. Thank you very much. And it is as simple as that, quite easy, you know, quite simply. Same with Cavani getting the, um, uh, getting was it the number 21 shirt or something like that? You know, instead of the number seven shirt, seven is so iconic, but it was always going to go back to Ronaldo because that is the brand, isn't it? Let's be honest. 
money talks for Cavani. Yeah, there you go. We'll give you a bit of a sweetener. Thank you very much for keeping, you know, for being a good boy for as well. We're trying to sign the superstar that is Ronaldo. So there you go. But, um, and again, Jesse Lingard pitched in with a goal. I was thrilled for him, to be honest with you. From an England perspective, for a Jesse Lingard perspective, it was good to see him on the score sheet because like Fernandez, he could quite easily have been forgotten about. I think he should have stayed at West Ham. I think they should have paid that 30 million. Thank you very much. And he would have done wonders there for it. Um, it's not happened, obviously, but he absolutely, you know, he bet on himself and fair play. You know, he's gone and scored. It'd be interesting to see how, how the team does around big teams. I can't remember who the next game is. We should have probably looked for that one. But um, the it will be interesting to see how that team performs against lesser teams because I think United have been that center, excuse me, the counter-attacking team for such a long time now. But it was a possession-based game for them the other day. You know, it was you know Newcastle literally scored on a counter-attack, um, frightening pace from Almeron, and um, that's the only good thing about that game. To be fair, was frightening speed from him and the fact that he managed to keep the ball. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how United get to go on. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk those red cards because there were three big decision red cards. I mean, I have howled with laughter when I looked at the highlights of Spurs and of Crystal Palace and Spurs. Tanganga lost his head, it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I said it's a horror a little bit as well. <laughs> they were, oh, God, they were hug wrestling. I've never seen such a style of wrestling in my life, but they were hug wrestling. Uh, I don't know what was going on. The thing is, I watched the first half at home and my internet was a bit funny. So I went to the beer keller and they didn't have the commentary on. So all I could see was it happening and I didn't have any sound to go off. And I just saw them and I thought, what, what are they doing? And then he just loses his head again with a stupid tackle. He was never going to get the ball. And saying that he pulled up. out of it, wasn't he? He was like, no, I've pulled out of it. I've pulled out. He was like, yeah, but the intent was there. Let me give you a bit of a backstory to why he went a bit mad anyway. So um, one of the Spurs players was, went, went down in the uh, final third of the Crystal Palace half. And from there, Crystal Palace went on a counter-attack. Now, you can see all the Spurs' arms going, you know, stop the game, stop the game. I'm not joking. I would play to the whistle. I don't care what the situation... Unless it looked that serious that I'm thinking, actually, no, and then Paolo Di Canio grabbed the ball and hug it. But, no, it was a case of play on, play to the whistle. It wasn't as serious as that. He got up about five, you know, a few seconds later. But... Zaha was absolutely in the right. Tanganga, you know, he just lost his head a bit and just pushed him over. And it was it was quite similar to what might happen in the schoolyard, to be fair. If your mate goes down and then all of a sudden you're going to push the guy that's done it and you think to yourself, come on, Tanganga, behave yourself. That is not the way to conduct yourself in a fixture like this. And you're going to get booked for it. But again, Harry Kane needed to take control. Or even, sorry, Larice needed to take control of that situation with him being closer and just say, calm down you know fair enough you've got you've got a booking but you need to give yourself a few minutes here just to chill out and and then he's he's just obviously not done that no no and did Larice get involved I feel like I remember seeing Larice involved they all got involved yeah but I mean not to the point where you'd expect Tanganga to have flown in like he did do on the second challenge where he got booked literally a few seconds later well, that's the thing. Like, this is the thing. I, this is gonna not gonna digress too much, but this is the thing with goalkeeping captains again. Like, Larice ain't got much time to calm Tanganga down and talk to him and whatever. He's got to run back into his goal. So, it's, yeah. it's one. It's another one of those things. But yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He took him a few minutes to to get his red card, and it was yeah, it was always going to be a red card. I could see he was pulling out, and I thought, okay, but. You, 
you've already took the man. It's too late. The uh, the damage is done. You got the silly booking in the first place. So why do it? And it's similar to Antonio. That was the exact same as Antonio's yeah, yeah. yellow card. Got into a scuffle. Got into all this kind of stuff. Silly yellow card. And then comes into a silly challenge again and then gets sent off and ruins everyone's fantasy team. Oh, mate, minus two points ruined me, (laughs) Don. I was, when I logged on to um, Sky Sports Centre and uh, on, you know, the football app, and I saw that, I went, you absolute goon, what are you doing? (laughs) Why have you done that to me? Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, if you put your captain as anybody else, I'm, I'm, oh, I can't even go into that anymore. Right, let's talk about it. Um, I'm going to call him Pascal because I can't pronounce his surname, but Leeds United obviously had a player sent off and it was the defender, Pascal, who came on for Lorente. That's who he came on for. He came on for Lorente. Lorente, I think he picked up a hamstring knock um, and he came on. Obviously, um, it was the aftermath. The injury is horrendous to to, um, to Harvey Elliott. And, I, I, you know, we both wish him the absolute speediest of recoveries. Luckily, it's only a dislocated ankle, whereas it did come across a lot worse than that on the day. Um, great challenge, though. I must admit, it was an excellent tackle. Yeah. I'm just going to have it out there. It was an excellent tackle. The only reason I believe, and I genuinely believe this, it, the, the reason that I believe the referee has given it a red card is one, is two reasons. One, the aftermath the injury basically that's come out of it and number two the fact that Klopp came onto the pitch yeah absolutely I mean Klopp must have been refereeing the game because he turned around and gave a red card as soon as the thing is right this is one thing in football that really frustrates me it was the same with Son's uh, red card um it's challenging Andre Gomez it's the most yellow card sort of offense tackle I've ever seen he he took him from behind didn't get the ball yellow card cool but because he'd I think he'd um broke his ankle he got given a red card and it was just mm-hmm. it was just all right well he's injured yeah and he's it's a serious injury but that is a yellow card offense in the book of the rules that's a yellow card offense and you've sent him off on the severity this was an actual good challenge <clears throat> and he's got the entire ball it's a great challenge he got the entire ball and then his his leg behind him is what caught Harvey Elliott's ankle underneath um and unfortunately has injured him now before I even go into it Harvey Elliott's come out on um social media today and said it wasn't a red card himself so that yeah. just that just kind of you know takes away from anything he's sent him off because of the injury and you can't do that it's it's a great challenge they were going to play on I've I've only watched the highlights, but it took a good few seconds for anyone to even realise the the fans were clapping the great challenge. The players carried on playing. The ref didn't even look at Elliot for a second after the challenge. The only reason it really stopped was I mean Salah was the only player to to to, you know to stop what he was doing, and then he was like you know signalling to the uh, to the medics to to come over, the physios and why to come over, Um, and and that's purely and simply the the reason why that um, the, the game was stopped. Um, and obviously, the, yeah, that, and fair enough, I get it, you know, oh, it's, it's frustrating because it turned what was a great game of football and it was brilliant to watch. You know, Liverpool had them, well, they, they were on top for a, a large majority of that game. Leeds United just really struggled to defend in that game. And and the goal was a, a superb little flick from, from Salah. But uh, yeah, I think it really ruined a great game of football because after that, Leeds had no chance. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing as well, because it was a good game. And um, I, I just think like that it was a big cop out from the referee. And yeah. 
it just frustrates me because this if we carry on doing this kind of thing it's like well th- this is why they talk about no heading in the game to come because of head injuries everything like that look it's a contact sport right if you're going to say well you shouldn't go into these sorts of challenges blah 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 well let we'll have to stop kind of going um shoulder to shoulder with players then because if they fall over and land funny on their arm they're going to break their arm and i'm not joking do you know what i mean the, like should formula one racers have to have a certain space between them while they're racing so they don't collide well the, it, 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 <laughs> it's just, never going to happen is it exactly they're just going to finish the race as they did in qualifying and they'll just end up doing qualifying and that'll be the race position yeah. I'm not going to not walk outside anymore because I could trip over and hit my head on a curb. It's football. It's a contact sport. Anything can happen. It's an unfortunate freak accident and it happens. It's a part of the game. It's an unfortunate part of the game. And I see people on social media say, we need a 10, 10 game ban and all this kind of stuff. Oh, no. Bugger. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, it honestly. was such a, it, it, do you know what? It, it, in isolation, the, just the tackle, it was. it's one of the best tackles you'll probably see all year just because of how he got the ball back. And it was an absolute fair challenge in that. Like we've said, it was purely and simply based on the outcome of it, the injury. And I genuinely believe that Klopp's had, had, had some kind of influence because he's come onto the pitch. No manager should, if anything, Klopp needs to have had, had a word said to him because he's out of his technical area. You know, there's a fourth official there for that reason. So it, it, it's, it's really frustrating because this is where other people think that they can govern the game of football in their own way. And it's simply not acceptable in any in any way, shape or form. Yeah, frustrating. So the last thing that we were going to move on to was centre forwards. Lukaku, it's fair to say, wanted to make sure that Ronaldo didn't get all the headlines. Unfortunately for Lukaku, it wasn't his second debut for one of the greatest players that's ever played in the Premier League and then gone on to have the most incredible career. Um, but Lukaku did bag himself a brace and it's not going to be long until he scores a hat-trick. Um, and in fact, I, <clears throat> so many people will want to try and fit in Ronaldo and Lukaku. In fact, I had this conversation with a friend of mine while I was driving down to Solihull. People will be trying to figure out how to get Lukaku, Ronaldo and Salah into their squad because between the three of them, they're going to have, you know, g- goals every single week between them. So forgetting Salah, Lukaku versus Ronaldo, you know, arguably both number nines this season, although Ronaldo is playing with his seven shirts on. Who for you is the striker that is going to get the most goals this season? In fact, yeah, that's it. Who's going to get the most goals this season for you? Okay. Um, it's a good question. Um it's a good question because if we're basing it on ability, there's there's a lot of differences between the two players and how they play. Massively so, yes, absolutely. Humongous. I do think that uh, I think that Lukaku will get the most goals purely because I think Chelsea are the better team, and I think okay. um, I think Lukaku is inevitable, um, and I think he'll he'll play. The thing is, the difference between them is. Ronaldo will be around the goal a lot more. You <laughs> just, saw it. Just stop there a second. Oh, that felt so matrixy then. Who feels inevitable? <laughs> Mr. Anderson, <laughs> I am inevitable. Anyway, He's go on. Trust me to. He's the chosen one. <laughs> go on. Yeah, but he is. You talk He's... about his inevitability. He will score. He will score. And he gets himself involved in the game more. This is this is an age difference as well. Lukaku will get involved in the game more. He'll he'll set up his own goals almost with his um yeah. 
with his play with holding onto the ball um, and and passing it along. But he's he's he knows where the goal is. Like his goals were great. Like they were great goals. Oh, they were. Yeah, they were really good. Really, really yeah. impressive goals. And so, so that's the difference for me as well. I think Ronaldo is very much that. Although he can score from anywhere, granted. I think he will play more in the box at the moment and the balls will come to him. You know, I think that the, the beauty of both of these strikers is they only need a yard. They need an inch to get that ball out of the feet and into the back of the net. Lukaku, once upon a time, would have had a bit of a clumsy first touch. But I think obviously over that time that he's been out of the Premier League, you know, you know, really, you know, mastering his craft when he's been at Inter Milan, he's learned to be a wonderful striker. I don't know which one I would go for at this moment in time. I'd, I'd say Lukaku as well, quite honestly, because I do think he is that complete number nine of the... Oh, dear, they both are. They really are. It's a really difficult one. I think Lukaku will get more goals this season because I agree the team around him is better. Yeah, and I yeah I think he'll he'll create his own goals and he'll have them created for him. Whereas I think, but then again, Ronaldo's second goal the other day was a great run and he got involved in a lot of situations. It's just because I think um, I think Lukaku is going to have the full season. I think I can see Ronaldo maybe just having to sit out a few games or maybe just being prioritised for Champions League football. Um, yes. I, it was. It's a lot easier for him to get his goals against Newcastle than it will be to get his goals against City. Uh, but we've had this conversation. Totally he will agree. get goals against Man City. I don't know who's going to score more goals. I think I would have Lukaku in my team. Like if I was a manager, I'd rather have Lukaku this season because of his all-round gameplay. Whereas United haven't got the midfield for me um, to kind of progress the ball and create so many opportunities for the front line. I think Chelsea are just. Yeah, I think Chelsea are got the better team, so I think Lukaku will score more goals, and that's how I'm going to base it so basically we're both hypocrites because Lukaku does not feature in our fantasy football teams it's Ronaldo <laughs> instead well that's I've done that because well <laughs> let me let me stick off myself here I've done that because his fixtures are better at the moment Lukaku's get better in um, week seven and you can go down from Ronaldo to Lukaku whereas you can't go up from Lukaku to Ronaldo without making another transfer so that's my uh, justification but Lukaku will feature in my team at some point don't you worry oh I don't I absolutely you think he will do as well he'll probably sit in my team at some point I, I'm on the verge of will Salah or Lukaku get more goals and more assists and the, I mean, we, we did toss up and trying to have, go on. Oh, assists. Uh, Luke Salah doesn't do assists, by the way. Well, go on, because we did talk about this and, you know, is it possible? So we did want to actually pass on some congratulations to Salah for, 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 you know, finally getting himself into the 100 club. I think he's done it in just over 100. Is it about 167 games, something like that? Yeah, he's done it fairly quickly, to be fair. Yeah, so the quickest is Alan Shearer on 124 games to 100 goals. Um, so, you know, put that into comparison. I mean, Alan Shearer, the ultimate centre forward, arguably, you know, greedier than Salah, but obviously more clinical than Salah, it's fair to say. Um, did you manage to find the stat of how many... No, you didn't manage to. That is something we need to have a bit of a nosy at because basically, viewers and listeners, where we wanted to go with it is how does Salah feature when it comes to attempts on goal, assists, but then also the goals he scored? Because I think at the moment in the league, he's scored, I think it's three goals, but he's had 16 attempts on goal. 
and only six of those have been on target. So actually, obviously, if you were to look at, you know, on target efforts, it's not bad, 50%. But actually, he's had 16 attempts on goal. So, you know, we're just trying to get, understand basically how how he features in that top list of the players that have scored, their accuracy for the goal and how he features in that. And I think as well, um, I'm starting to understand him a bit more. I always thought he was really greedy, but after watching Sadio Mane the other day, I can understand why, because Mane was uh, Bambi on ice. Oh my God, I transferred Jota into my team this week and he he stole about three assists from Jota. He was just not clear. I know he got his goal in the end, but my mate, Liverpool fan, in the 92nd minute said, Mane's been absolutely terrible today. And then a minute later, I sent him a laughing face because he scored, but he was was poor. He couldn't put anything away other than that one goal. It was, it was... Uh, no, I was just going to say, I kind of feel for Sane a little bit, uh, Sane, for Mane a little bit, thinking that, I'm joining the two names there, Saudi and Mane. Um, no, I feel for him a little bit because he was, you know, he was the main guy before Salah arrived. And then Salah's come in, he's obviously stolen the show very much so. But Mane has definitely played that second fiddle. It's like, you know, Barcelona, Neymar versus Messi. You know, Salah is arguably the the Messi and Neymar is, you know, that's who you would compare this, uh, um, Mane to because he's going to play that second fiddle. He knows he's not going to get the goals because Mane is as greedy as he is. But at the same time, Salah is the one that's going to steal the show because he's more clinical in front of the goal. Yeah, and he takes more shots as well, probably. Well, yeah, and to, let's be honest, if you were to hit, you know, if you're going to hit the target... You know, six times in a game, more than likely one of those goals is going in. So yeah, there you go. They do. That's why he's got so many goals. Well, yeah, and fair play to him. So, like we say, you know, Salah, if you are listening or if somebody close to him is listening, congratulations to you. We uh, we expect you to absolutely be at 125, potentially even, you know, th- this season. So I would say good luck to you, but you're a Liverpool player. Um, so, absolutely don't, you know, I don't want you to score anymore if that's all right with you. Nice one. Anyway, um, that is all for tonight. So thank you everybody for listening. Callum, always a pleasure, never a chore, as we, um, as, as I always say to you. So thank you so much for your uh, your contributions and your efforts. The next episode, we are going to be talking about Fantasy Premier League. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? Who is in that ultimate team this week? You can absolutely, well, you two of them I know because I've only got one of them and two of them are in your team. God damn you. Um, with two massive scores let's not go any further than that but yeah we will post that one up at some point this week Callum thank you for your time thank you for your efforts and thank you for doing most of the research in today while I was driving (laughs) thanks for having me no worries guys thanks again for listening take care lots of love to you all we'll see you next time